Welcome to Growth Amplifiers. I am Manny Torres. Growth Amplifiers showcases ideas from the top business owners and entrepreneurs to inspire and empower you to thrive in your life, business, and achieve a higher purpose. I'll be sharing actionable insights you can apply towards your business in each session. Growth Amplifiers is dedicated to you, your success, and your fulfillment. Let's get ready to amplify. Hey there, Amplifiers. Manny Torres here for another episode of Growth Amplifiers. And I'm excited to have a guest here today that comes from my home state of North Carolina. Today, I'm joined by Audrey Blackburn, President and Chief Financial Officer of Blackburn Consulting, Accounting and Tax. Audrey is a results-driven account accountant and strategic advisor for women-led nonprofits and small businesses. Welcome to the show, Audrey. Thank you, Manny. I appreciate it. Well, I'm excited to chat with you. First off, I, I want to start off by saying, you know, you're in North Carolina. You're very close to my hometown of Greensboro that I grew up in. So it's not often I get to chat with someone from North Carolina. So I'm excited to do that. Yeah, North Carolina is a fun state. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a beautiful state. If, if our listeners out there haven't been there, make sure that you check it out. Uh, and the, the second thing I wanted to chat about um, and mention to you is I love your website. It's I love the way that you branded it with the red. Uh, in your industry, you. typically people are reserved. So I wanted to know um, what made you decide to go with that, that red color and how does that tie into you and uh, your business? So when I started my business like seven years ago, um, I started networking right off the bat. Like I knew nothing about how to run a business, but I knew accounting. That's all I've ever done. And um, so someone invited me to like a chamber thing, right? And I went and started networking 40 plus hours a week for the first six months I was in business. Like I made it my mission to meet everybody, to go to everything. And when I did, I had all these people coming up to me saying, you're not like any accountant I've ever met. And I was like, what do they mean by that? And then it started being my tagline that people tagged on to me that I was the accountant with a personality, <laughs> which I was like, wait a minute, well, accountants have personalities, but to, to the market, I, you know, the people that are out there, they, they don't see us as people with personalities. They see us as dry and we're boring and I'm very animated. I'm, I'm loud, um, very bold and, you know, really cut to the chase with my clients, which is why a lot of my clients like working with me, you know, I don't sugarcoat it. I'm not mean, but I don't sugarcoat things. So, um, the red just kind of signifies that, right? And I love red and black and um, gray. And those are my three brand colors together. And um, my logo is actually a phoenix. And so it's funny, some people, because it's kind of a fancy phoenix. So some people get that it's a phoenix. And some people are like, why do you have a bird in your logo? <laughs> but it's the whole thing of rising from the ashes, right? And reinventing ourselves. And I feel like we do that all the time in, in small business. Yeah, definitely business owners. If you don't know how to pick yourself up and recreate, you're probably yes. not going to be a business owner for long. So that, that's really great that yeah. you use that Phoenix because it's a great example and um, it, uh, illustrates 
what it is to be a business owner and be able to, to overcome challenges and rise and really be able to thrive. So I love that branding yeah. that you've done. Thank you. Yeah, it it became even more so apparent during the pandemic, right? When we all were like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And everybody had to pivot, especially certain industries like restaurants and things like that. I mean, my goodness, they were shut down and told they can't do business. And I can't imagine being a restaurant owner during the pandemic and and then, but they quickly figured it out. They were like, oh, hey, we can do takeout. We can offer, you know, curbside service. Even if we don't have a drive-through window, we'll come out and meet you. Um, and so they pivoted and they, and that's what we all have to do. We have to constantly reinvent what we're doing. Our market changes, uh, society changes, the economy changes, <laughs> you know, we have to reinvent. That's very true. Um, well, Audrey, tell our listeners a little bit about your business and what services you provide. You've given you know some information there, but sure. in a nutshell, what do you and your business do? So we are a women-owned accounting firm. I'm the owner, uh, so it's woman-owned, I guess you would say, because um, it's just me. Um, and of course, I have staff. We are an accounting firm in that um, we offer bookkeeping, accounting, payroll, taxes, anything that a typical accounting firm would offer. And we do taxes for individuals, not just business owners, but the small business owners and the small nonprofits are where we really put our focus um, because, you know, they need, they need a lot of help. And of course, the women-owned ones is the ones I especially work with. I, I was going to mention that um, next in terms of that audience that you work with, because so many times, and as a networker, you probably see this a lot where people, when someone asks them, who do you work with? And they say, anyone, anyone who, yeah. you know, has money or they do a generic thing, but really when you can serve people the best is when you really zero in and focus on who it is that you work with. Uh, so you mentioned nonprofits and women-owned yes. businesses. Are those the two primary? Are there any other niches that you work with? That's really my focus. Um, I have over 30 years of experience with small business and nonprofit and nonprofits, its own animal. Um, and I used to be a nonprofit finance director. So I understand that industry very well, their issues, um, their accounting is very different. And what I find is a lot of times they'll hire someone, even if it's a, a professional um, that knows accounting, they don't know nonprofit accounting, it's a problem. And so, um, you know, the, I, I love that community. So they're, they're a huge niche of mine. Um, I have, I get referrals from all over the US. I don't just work locally. And, um, and then the women-owned businesses, I just feel like we struggle with different issues than men do. Not that we don't serve men here. We have men clients as well, because um, I always get asked that, do you only take women? Um, but that's really my focus because I feel like they need so much encouragement. Um, they think about money differently. They come at business differently. And um you know, I, I just, I guess I'd say I have a heart for women-owned businesses and women-led nonprofits. I think that's great. And, you know, it means that you're, you're speaking the same language, you have the same understanding and the values, yeah. uh, which makes everything much easier. Um, so for those nonprofits and those women-led businesses, what are the top challenges that you see when they come to work with you? So 
for all of them, for both, because nonprofits and women-owned businesses are both a little different, but for both, cash flow. And I think that's where you're a man, a woman, whoever, if you own a business, cash flow is your number one issue um, because you may be making great revenue, but it may be going out the door as quick as it's coming in and being able to meet those obligations, know that you're going to make payroll. Um, that's huge. And so I work heavily on cash flow with my clients because if I can't get them straightened out on cash flow pretty quickly, they're going to go under and they're going to lose their business. And it could be a very on paper thriving business. So I don't feel like we can focus just on that profit and loss or just on um, the checking account. You know, we've got to pay more attention to what's coming down the line to know that we've got the money for that and to be able to make changes. And so um, I really put things in place with business owners and the nonprofits to ensure their future, right? And I, I can totally see that with nonprofits, especially because they typically have one or two big events a year that are their yes. fundraisers. So it goes from, you know, a large influx of, of cash or revenue, uh, then to a dry spell where they may not have a lot. So I can see how yeah. cash flow can be very difficult for those nonprofits. Yeah. And nonprofits, yes, but nonprofits, I think, think about it more, right? They're always crying poor. <laughs> and, and I say that even the wealthier ones, they're like, we need money, we need money. So they're used to asking and they don't feel bad about asking you for money. Small business owners, on the other hand, they don't want to sell to you. It feels icky. Um, they just want people to come to them. But we all know with marketing, you can't just put up a sign and say, I'm here and, and expect people to come. People may come depending on your industry, but they trickle in versus flooding in like you would want to be able to keep the business open. Um, Women-owned businesses, my biggest challenge with them, other than cash flow, is their pricing. They will not price their services or product the way it needs to be because there's, I think, and I, this is what I think is, is um, exclusive with women, is that we think for some reason we can't ask that much. We're not worth that much money or people won't pay that kind of money for this. The market won't bear it. Whereas I find, and I say I'm making generalizations, but I find with men-owned businesses, they're like, yep, I'll ask that, you know, and they just go try it. Where women were more like, no, people think badly of me if I ask that kind of money. Or what I hear a lot is I don't need that much money. You know, um, I don't need to make that much. And it's like, well, it's not about what you need to make. Are you going to run a profitable business? And so um, getting that mindset shifted where they will go and price things appropriately is huge. We see that a lot too. And as you mentioned with those, those small business owners, if they're not doing that, they become a nonprofit. Uh, because yes, they do. <laughs> they're, they're doing things for free or at, you know, at, at loss. Um, yeah. So in terms of cash flow, what are some of the strategies or, or services that you provide to your clients to help them, you know, uh, monitor and have a better sense of that cash flow? So we, we do um, a lot of different things. And we, of course, get dig in, you got to have good numbers um, if you're going to monitor cash flow, because 
if your numbers aren't good and you don't know your expenses and you don't know your income, then how are you going to predict what's coming? But cash flow is more of a predictive thing, like you're looking forward versus your income and expenses are looking backwards that things have already happened. But you need both to be able to put that cash flow plan in place. So just like other accountants, we help them develop a cash flow plan. Um, we do cash flow forecasting and things like that. But where I'm a big believer in, um, I used to be a profit first professional once upon a time. So I really do like the profit first model, but I don't follow it exclusively. There's parts of it that I like, but one is having a reserve fund. So during the pandemic, the clients that had been working with me for years when the pandemic hit and a lot of them had to shut their doors for three or four weeks because we were all mandated to like shelter in place kind of thing. Um, they didn't panic because, I mean, they were panicked like we all were like, oh my gosh, where is this going? But they didn't panic because they knew there was money to pay the bills without going in debt because they had built these reserve funds to self-fund, right? And nonprofits, that's huge because they typically don't have reserves, but we forget about it in the for-profit world. We need a reserve. It just it doesn't just need to be that credit line because what if the bank said, nope, we're cutting off all the credit. I mean, I think a lot of us would be like, <gasps> you know, cause we depend on credit, but what would we do? Do we have something in place we could draw from? And so it may not be an endless supply, but depending on how much you've put back. I mean, I had, I had organizations that had six, 12 months of cash on hand. So they ended up using a lot of it during the pandemic because even though when things came back, it wasn't as robust as it was because people were at home and depending on the industry. Um, but as I pointed out to them, what would you have done if you hadn't had that? Right? Like you would have really been panicked and had to go to credit. That would have been it. You would have been on a credit line. So. Hey there, this is Kenny from Growth Amplifiers, here to ensure you get your awesome ideas into action to grow and improve your business and achieve your full potential. Take the first step by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the Start Here button. Take the assessment to get your personalized score. Then select from free resources to learn how to improve your score. Don't wait. Be proactive and take action now by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the Start Here button. And always keep on amplifying. Now. Let's get back to the show. Well, you referenced a, a couple of examples there. Um, in terms of kind of a, a success story, can you tell mm -hmm. us about a client that you've helped and maybe what that cash flow has helped them achieve? You know, what's that transformation that, you know, how they felt before and how they felt after being able to plan ahead and see what's coming in the future months? Yeah. So my favorite story is I had a construction company. They worked um, DOT, so bridges, right? And they would, um, they, they had a portion of the bridge that they built and they were a real tiny company and by real tiny, meaning in that industry, because in that industry, you're typically talking multi-million dollar, massive organizations with massive cash flow. And so they were trying to break into that. And there was like, I think they had nine employees at the time when they started. I met them in year two of their operations that they had started up. 
And so they were pulling uh, about three, four million a year. The problem was their profit was negative and their cash flow was negative in that the money was going out quicker than they could get it in. Because typically anybody who's ever worked in construction knows they'll put you on these 60, 90, 120 day terms. And some of them are like, not until the project is completed, which could be years. And so what happened for them when I, when they met up with me was they had had a project that they had been, they had continued to work on because they had continued to be promised to be paid. And then the people filed bankruptcy. And so they were expecting about 700,000 to come in and it didn't. And so they started panicking. They had maxed out all their credit. Um, the owner had put his house up as collateral for this business. So not only was he going to lose the business, he was going to lose his home. And, and, you know, you think, oh, well, they just made poor decisions. No, not really. They had made really good decisions. It was a really viable company. It was the cash flow that was the issue. And so slowly over time, we, we did lots of things. We had them start calling their people that owed the money and saying, what can you give me today? And the first time they called, I made them do the embarrassing thing of saying, we can't stay open if we can't get something from you. And it was the truth. I mean, it was just the absolute truth. The people they worked with were big companies and they were like, oh, wow. So they actually gave them some money towards what they owed, um, even though they weren't quote due yet. Right. And, um, we started putting money back. So they would get big chunks of money and then they would go for a long time with nothing. So we built up their reserve fund around six, $700,000 in a matter of a couple of months. Um, it was during a, a period of time where they had a really good spell and run of things. And then, when things would go south and they would have no money because that's how their industry was, they were allowed to use that money to pay payroll, to pay the bills with the understanding that when all the money came in, they had to replenish that fund. And they would cycle through that money constantly, but they always replenished it. And when they replenished it, I always said, you got to add a little extra. You know, you got to pay yourself a little bit of interest back. So they ended up self-funding their cash flow needs without having to try to go find more credit, which they were maxed out on. And um, it's kept them afloat. They're on year seven now and they're still going. And in an industry where the little guy does not survive usually. So I'm proud of that one. You should be that. That sounds like a great story. And I can see how tough that is for a business owner because if you have money, yeah. typically you're going to use it. So you need that, that outside advisor, that objective mm -hmm. viewer that can say, this is what we need to do to ensure we reach the goals and the growth that you're looking to reach. So yeah. kudos to you for that, that great um, Thank you. success story that you have there. So um, Audrey, as we wrap up today, uh, if there's someone that's out there who's a women-led business owner or a nonprofit and they're sitting, listening to this show and they're saying, you know what, my cash flow is crazy. I'd love some help. What's the best way for them to reach out to you? The best way to find us is go to our website, um, which is blackburnconsultingnc.com. And 
all over the website, you'll see little buttons that say schedule a call. And if you click on that, it will give you options of how to connect with us. Of course, our phone number's on there as well, if you're more comfortable just picking up the phone and calling us. But a lot of people like to see the schedule and they can put themselves on the schedule. Um, I do a free 15, It's sometimes it goes over 15 minutes, but a free 15 minute um, call to kind of hear what they've got going on and tell them, is that something we can help them with? And let them ask their questions to see if we're a good fit. And if we are a good fit and they want to move forward, then we usually um, start gathering information and give them a proposal. Um, we don't do hourly fees. We work on um, a set fee that, you know, we dictate through that engagement letter. So our clients know upfront what they're paying and they don't get any surprise bills. That's huge with me because of who I work with, small businesses and nonprofits. They can't have surprise bills. Um, so that's typically how people start working with us. And we customize things based on whatever they're dealing with at the moment. And we deal with from, you know, very tiny people all the way up to the really large small businesses. Because uh, people forget that small business can be anywhere from 10,000 a year to, you know, easily 30, 40 million dollar business is still a small business. Right. Yeah, that's it's a. A common uh, misconception that small business isn't, you know, doesn't go into the millions, but, you know, right. most of those businesses are, you know, a little bit larger. Well, mm -hmm. if you're at, you're listing there and you're thinking, I'd love to build my cash reserves, I'd love to have better cash flow, make sure you check out Audrey's website, see that beautiful red and the phoenix uh, that's bold and inviting there. Um, and then Audrey, one uh, tradition that we have on our podcast is for you to share some advice that you've learned along your journey, something, you know, whether it's business related, personal related, mindset related, that you feel would help those other business owners out there um, achieve and grow their business. Um, what's some advice that you can share for them along their journey? Well, the biggest piece of advice I would say is no one told me when I started a business that the biggest work I would do would be on me right? It would be on my mindset on how I think about things on getting rid of those limiting beliefs, those pricing issues, my um, thoughts around money and things like that. And I tell people don't ever be ashamed to reach out and say, this is like really bad. Like, you know, I, I'm my cash flow is bad. Or, I've you know, here we do taxes. So we have people that come to us and say, I haven't done my taxes in a couple of years. Okay, well, let's get you straightened out pretty quick, right? But there, don't be ashamed to go ask for help. That's my biggest key. Just find the help that you need and um, find the person you fit with. Not everybody is, is designed to work together, right? Just because they're um, in their field, just, you know, find who fits for you and work with that person and tell them, just be honest with them, tell them what's going on and let them help you. That's their expertise. Great insights. I love that. I love the mindset. And I totally agree. That's something that a lot of business owners overlook. Uh, Audrey, I appreciate you sharing those insights and joining us here today. Thanks for being on Growth Amplifiers. You're welcome, Manny. Thank you for having me. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.